Isaiah chapter 6. Let's, uh, let's start there. We're going to finish off. Um, you're going to be, well, you're going to be amazed and astounded at how, how I can make any message topical. So we're going to end up by talking about Christmas. Starting Isaiah 6, we're going to finish talking about Christmas. But let me, uh, let me read to you. This, uh, this is the, the, the new magazine. Let me just read to you um, uh, the bit that Jared's put in, the, 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 uh, the opening bit. Um, these are the words of Jared, not me. Um, I remember, I'm not going to do Jared's voice. Um, I'll do my own voice. I remember Richard Dixon over there. Um, you, you're mentioned here in the magazine. Um, I remember Richard Dixon giving a prophetic word to revive a few years ago. He said it was like God was going to unfold a paper airplane and completely redesign it. What he didn't know is that days before someone had prophesied to me, God is going to upgrade revive from an old Spitfire airplane to a modern firefighter jet. Someone else, days before that, had said, I see you stepping from an old hot air balloon into a new one. I think that God was speaking. Since that time, Revive has been upgrading. Uh, everyone say upgrade. upgrade. We've changed names, venues, gone from three locations to seven, and placed a training academy at the heart of the church, raising leaders for the vision. We train more leaders, reach more places, and have more influence by God's amazing grace than ever. Uh, more importantly, though, I think we've changed the spirit of who we are. We're more positive, missional, generous, prophetic, evangelistic, and pioneering than ever before. Um, I just read that um, this morning. It kind of fitted in really well with what I feel the Spirit of God is saying. Um, Isaiah chapter 6, it's a very well-known passage. Um, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Who wants to see the Lord this morning? Come on, you, back in the 90s, didn't we used to sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. When we sing that song, we're crying out for an encounter with the living God. That's what the, the Bible word see means. It doesn't just mean to, to see physically like I can see that chair. It means to have an experience or an encounter. When we're talking and praying and singing about seeing God, we're saying we want an encounter with the living God. It says that Isaiah saw the Lord. We know from the New Testament, that it was actually Jesus, the glory of Jesus that Isaiah was, was seeing here. Jesus in his pre-incarnate form. It says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. And, and we could, for time reasons, we're not going to read the rest of the passage, but it's all powerful. He sees the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. But the, the thing that I want us to just grasp here in this passage, it says that Isaiah saw the Lord and he was seated on the throne High and exalted. Can everyone say seated? We need to understand this morning that our God is seated on the throne. The fact that he is seated means that he is in a place where he is firm and secure. That he rules that he reigns, that he has all power, and he has all authority. That's our God. 
come on. That's the God that we worship. That's the God who's our Father. That's the God that lives inside of us. That this morning, no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what is going on in your world today, we have a God who is seated on the throne. We live in a world that is being shaken. And all the systems of this world are being shaken. Politics is being shaken. The financial world is being shaken. The entertainment industry is being shaken. Even, uh, even just uh, geographically and with climate and all kinds of things, the world is being shaken. But in the midst of all that, we have a king and a kingdom who cannot be shaken. He is seated on the throne and he always will be. Not only does it mean that he's firm, he's secure, he's unshakable, but it also means that he's at rest. The fact that he's seated on the throne means he's at rest. You know, God is not worried right now. God is not anxious. God is not stressed. God doesn't turn on the BBC news and start to worry. He's not stressing about the Brexit negotiations. He's seated on the throne. Come on, that's our God. He is not going to resign. He's not going to retire. He's not going to be impeached. He's not going to lose an election. He is seated on the throne. The most quoted New Testament, the most quoted Old Testament verse in the New Testament is this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Where is God? Where is Jesus right now? He is seated at the right hand of the Father and all of his enemies are being made his footstool. That's our God. That's our Jesus. Even when in our life it looks like we're going through floods or storms or difficulties, Psalm 29 says that God is seated above the flood. So right now, even in your life, it might appear like you're in the midst of a storm. Jesus can sleep through storms. Why? Because the waves and the winds still know his voice. He's seated above the flood. He's seated above the storm. He's seated through any and every difficulty and problem. That's our Jesus today. So that's where he's seated. At the right hand of the Father. With vic- in victory, in authority, in glory. So where are you seated? Where are you seated? You might think, well, I'm sat in a wonderful red seat in, in Hull. This is what the Bible says. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Right now, you are sat with Jesus in a place of victory. You are sat in a place of authority. You are sat in a place of ruling and reigning with Christ. You are no longer defeated. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. You are seated with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Come on, someone. That means that you are sat in a position where you cannot be shaken. 
That means that you're sat in a position where you can be at total rest, even if there's chaos going on around you. You can have perfect peace because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am firm and secure, seated with Him. It's exciting, isn't it? I'm excited anyway. Now, I spend a lot of my time on aeroplanes. I think there's maybe only been a couple of months this year when I've not flown somewhere. Now, my brother and his wife, um, they're, they're also always traveling all over the world. In fact, we're, some of us on Thursday, if you can keep us in prayer, we're flying out with them to Kenya. We've got a week of ministering churches, doing crusades. We're going to have an incredible time. But there's probably... It's very rare to find all three of us in the UK at the same time. And because of that, we kind of struggle to kind of um, keep in contact like where each other is at the same time. We, we kind of don't really know. Thank God for Facebook, right? <laughs> so in, I think it was March of this year, I was in Manchester Airport. And I was at the gate um, about to board to fly to Atlanta. And as I looked up, I saw someone who looked just like my sister-in-law, Becky, kind of walk past. And I thought, I'm sure that, that's Becky, but I wasn't 100% sure, so I carried on kind of reading or doing whatever I was doing. And then I boarded my flight. Now, who's ever been on an aeroplane? You know that the first part of the aeroplane that you enter is the first class cabin. Oh dear. Has anyone flown first class? You know, that's where there are, everyone has those big reclining seats are almost like beds. They've got all the complimentary drinks and they've got the hot towels and they're getting their heads dabbed. It's just, a, they've got huge TVs. It's perfect. It's wonderful. So I was not sat in first class. I was sat right at the back next to the toilets. So I entered the plane and I'm in first class and all these people behind me, they're kind of shoving me. And suddenly I hear this, oh, hello. And I look down and who should be seated right there in first class? <laughs> but my sister-in-law, Becky. And I'm looking at her, she said, I didn't know you were on this flight. And I said, I didn't know you were on this flight. In my head thinking... Why are you sat there? <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, you sat near me. And I was like, no, not really. Um, she said, well, when, when the plane goes up in the air, come and talk to me. And I said, okay, but I thought, no chance, because when that plane goes up, it's like the Holy of Holies. They pull that veil across, <laughs> and no one is going through the veil. Um, and so I took my seat right at the back, and for about six, seven hours, there were these feelings of jealousy. And I'm pretty sure if that plane would have crashed, I don't know if I would have gone to heaven or not. Because I wasn't going to repent until, you know, I needed to get it out of my system. You ever get that? I'll repent later, but just let me be jealous for a bit. But you see, Becky had got this thing. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's a thing called a free upgrade. A free upgrade is when you pay for one seat, but then you are given a higher seat 
but it doesn't cost you anything. This is what the Bible says, that God raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. You see, the gospel is the greatest free upgrade of all time. The Bible says that you go from being seated in the dust to being seated in a seat of honor. That you go from being seated in the ash heap to being seated with royalty. It says in in Job that he does not take his eyes off the righteous, but he enthrones them with kings and he exalts them forever. The message of the gospel is this, that God has given every one of us the opportunity to have a free upgrade. You see, I was seated in a seat of shame. I was seated in a seat where I was condemned. I was seated in a seat of failure, of sickness, of lack, of bondage, of darkness. But when I gave my life to Jesus, he changed my seat. And now I'm sat in a seat called forgiven. I'm sat in a seat called blessed. I'm sat in a seat called child of God. I'm sat in a seat called free, called chosen, called healed, called a child of God. I'm sat in a seat called victory, a peace of honor. Is anyone glad today that they have been given a free upgrade by the blood of Jesus? Now here's the thing. I was telling that story about me and Becky on the same flight at a church a couple of months ago. And a lady came up to me at the end and she said, because I said, I never get free upgrades. And this lady came up to me and said, I was offered a free upgrade on my last flight. I thought, well, good for you. (laughs) And she said, but I turned it down. I said, why? And she said, well, I was sat with my friend and I didn't want to leave my friend. So I said, oh, that's, that's lovely. Inside I was thinking, I don't care who I was sat next to. I, I'm sorry, Sandra, if, and, and you have my permission next week when we fly to Kenya. If it's, if it's I, I don't blame you. But I, I don't care if, if, if I'm sat next to Sandra or Lucy or ever. If I get the chance of an upgrade, it's hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. But here's the thing. You can be offered a free upgrade, but you have to accept it, right? And there are many people in the church who are still sat in the seat of lack, of failure, of limitation, and they've never taken Jesus up on the offer to come to that higher seat. And when I read that this morning, Jared talking about Revive Church, getting that upgrade, there was something in me that said, wow, this is a prophetic word for all of us this morning. That as we go into 2018, for, for Revive Church, it's time for us to upgrade to another level. And for me as an individual, I want to I have an upgrade in 2018. Come on. I want my ministry to upgrade. I want my finances to upgrade. I want my relationships to upgrade. I want my peace levels, my joy levels, my intimacy with God levels. I want the whole thing to upgrade to another level. 
As Revive Church, we want an upgrade in ministries, in campuses. I tell you, Revive Academy, we're going to have an upgrade in 2018. The youth ministry, we're going to have an upgrade in 2018. The worship ministry, we're going to have an upgrade in 2018. God's about to take us through the roof to that next level. But it's not automatic. You've got to take hold of what Jesus is offering you. You see, this is what Paul said in Colossians. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, Paul here, he's talking about focus. Everyone say focus. He's saying where your mind is focused and where your heart is focused determines which seat you're in. If your mind is focused on worldly things, if your heart is focused on worldly things, you're going to be remaining economy. But if you can lift your heart and your mind to where Christ is, then every part of your world is going to be lifted to that place again. Your mind, I don't know about you, but my mind wanders. I would love to tell you that I think about Jesus every moment of every day. But sometimes I think about bills. Come on. Sometimes I think about circumstances and problems and situations but as long as that is my focus I'm going to remain where my mind is if my mind is focused on lack and limitations of the things around me it's going to keep me that gravity is going to keep me seated in a lower place but if I can learn to take my mind off of the things around me and fix them on Jesus and his word and his promises on what he's saying and what he's thinking. Guess what? I'm, I'm, suddenly the Holy Spirit's going to lift me to that higher level. And, and every area of my life is going to be lifted with me. My heart, I don't know about you, but my heart doesn't always feel like worshipping God. Hello? My heart doesn't always feel like praying. My heart doesn't always feel like seeking God. My heart doesn't always feel like giving. Hello? My heart doesn't always feel like fasting. If I just live a life going by my own heart and my own emotions, guess what? The enemy is going to keep me in economy. But you know what? If I come to that place, I love that testimony earlier. I, I, I don't feel like I, I, it doesn't look natural to give my finances to God. But you know what? I, I'm going to do it anyway. You know what she was doing there? She was positioning herself for an upgrade. When I come into the house of God and, and it's like all oh, hell's broken loose of my finances. But I decide, you know what? This, this is going to be painful to my heart. But I'm going to sow. I don't feel like worshipping. But I'm going to raise my hands, lift my voice. I'm going to worship with everything I have. I'm going to get into the word this week. I'm going to seek the face of God. Even though I don't feel like it. Guess what? I am positioning myself for an upgrade. 
Where is our heart focus? Where is our mind focus? Some of us, we, our mind and our heart has just shifted a little bit. And that's why we're in that place of limitation and restriction. But God this morning wants us to come back into alignment. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your heart once again in that place where you're burning for God. And then watch how the Holy Spirit will cause every area of your life to ascend to that higher level. Come on, someone. Psalm, Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. Uh, listen to these promises here. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Anyone want to claim that promise over their life for this year? You want everything you do to prosper? You want to flourish? You know what the key is? Where are you seated? You see, I used to preach. Christianity is not just about sitting in a seat. But actually, it's everything to do with sitting in a seat. It just depends which seat you sat in. Because it says that the blessed man does not sit in the seat of mockers. What does that mean? There's this thing in your life and my life called facts. Everyone say fact. The fact might be that you're broke. The fact might be that you're sick. The fact might be that your kids are rebellious. The fact might be that there's tension in your marriage. The fact may be that you're depressed. The fact may be that you're bound by something. But facts are only one level of truth. You see, there's a higher level of truth, and it's called the Word of God. You see, the fact may be you're sick, but the truth is by his stripes you're healed. The fact may be that you're broke, but the truth is my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ. The fact might be that you're bound, but the truth is that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And we could go on and on and on. But you see, here's the thing. Facts will always mock truth. And you have to choose which truth are you going to partner with? Which seat are you going to sit in? Am I going to sit here where facts are and say, well, this is my life. I'm broke, I'm sick, I'm miserable, I'm a failure. Or are you going to choose, actually, there's a higher level. It's who God says I am. It's what God says about my circumstances. And I refuse to sit in this seat anymore. You see, in the, the house of Abraham, Ishmael, the, 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 the natural son, mocked. Isaac, the spiritual son, and God spoke and said, get rid of the mocker. Yeah. In our life, there is an Ishmael that mocks the truth of who God says and what God says about us. The, the, the mocker might, 
mock us as revived church and say, well, you know, you've got this plan to impact a region, but, but here's, the, here's the limitations. Here's the building limitations. Here's the financial limitations. Here's the, the lack of workers. Here's all the facts and the visions right up here. But we have to choose. You know what? As we go in a 2018, I refuse I refuse to partner with the facts. I choose to partner with the truth of what God said about my life, about my family, about my ministry, about us as Revived Church. If we are going to position our lives for an upgrade, we cannot be sat in the mocker seat anymore. That seat has to get out of the way. And we have to decide, I am coming to that place where I partner with the truth. Revive Church, it's time for an upgrade. You, me, our lives, it's time for an upgrade. Where's our focus? Where's our heart? Where's our mindset? What truth are we partnering with? I want to close with this scripture. And this is, thanks Mark, this is how you're going to be amazed. How I'm going to turn all this around in a preaching masterclass. I'm going to turn this around to Christmas. Get ready for it. The Old Testament, as you know, a large proportion of it is the history of the kings of Israel and Judah. The last king of Judah was a king called Jehoiakim. And through all the prophets, God had come because the, the, the tribe of Judah was rebellious. They were worshipping idols. And God kept warning them, repent, turn back to God. Or, or, or you're going to suffer the consequences. And they didn't listen. And there came a day when Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian armies came into Jerusalem. And they ransacked everything. They destroyed everything. And Jehoiakim, the king of Judah was taken from his throne. He lost his crown. He lost his royal robes. He lost his family. It was all destroyed. He lost his palace, his treasures. And he was taken miles and miles away to Babylon where he was put in chains and irons and thrown into a dungeon. And he was in that place for 36 years future didn't look too bright did it but listen to this in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiakim king of Judah in the year that Avil Marduk became king of Babylon wait for it on the 25th day of the 12th month Christmas day come on everyone I got Christmas in there He released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and freed him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of all the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. you imagine for 36 years being in a dungeon and on the 25th day of the 12th month in the 37th year the prison door opens and the king walks in 
And the king says, loose him. Bring him out of this prison. He must have thought, am I going to be executed? The king said, no, I'm giving you an upgrade. For the rest of your days, you're going to seat, you'll be seated in a seat of honor. A seat where I am going to elevate you above all the other kings. You're going to wear royal robes once again. You're going to be treated with honor and dignity. And you are going to eat and dine with the king. I want to speak this morning to people. And your 2017 is like you've been in a prison. Some of you might have felt like you were just in darkness. Some of you might have felt like you were chained up. Might have been a a, a prison of sickness, a prison of depression, a, a prison of lack. But I want to declare prophetically this morning that the king is coming into your prison cell this morning. And the king is saying, loose them. It's time for an upgrade. It's time to be lifted to that higher level that you can sit in that place of victory and honour and authority. I want to speak to us prophetically as Revived Church this morning. You see, a prison is simply a place of restriction, of limitation. And I believe that the King would come to us this morning and say that in 2018, I am breaking off the limitations and the restrictions and I am bringing you into a place of upgrade. Those financial things, those uh, planning permission things regarding the building that might have kept you in a place of limitation. This morning, the King declares, I'm upgrading you next year. All the different ministries, Revive Academy, the worship team, the youth ministry, the kids ministry. God is saying this morning, the days of limitation and lack are coming to an end. I am breaking you out into an upgrade, a place of honor, a place of a provision, a place of more than enough. This is the, the scripture that God gave me from Job 36. He's wooing you from the jaws of distress into a spacious place, free from restriction. I was praying this week. I felt that was a prophetic word for my life in 2018. I'm claiming it and I think the Holy Spirit gives you permission to claim it as well. That God is wooing us from a place of restriction and He's bringing us to a spacious place. Everyone say upgrade. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Every campus, every ministry, every family from the place of restriction to a spacious place. Upgrade. What happened on the 25th day of the 12th month that Jay Cohen got his upgrade? I'll tell you what happened and with this we're through. On that day, the old king died and a new king came to the throne. And as a new king ascended to the throne, Jacob was lifted out of his prison into a seat of honor. And here's a thought I want to leave with you. There can be two kings seated on the throne of your life. There's the king of self, the one who's grumpy, the one who's unbelieving, the one who's doubting, the one who's distracted, the one who's lazy. There's a king that just wants to sit on the sofa and eat chocolate and watch Strictly Come Dancing. 
there's a king that doesn't want to pray. There's a king that doesn't want to believe the truth of God's word. As long as that king is on the throne of your life, you're going to remain over here. But when the old king dies, and when Jesus takes his place on the throne of your life, get ready for everything in your life to upgrade. And do you know what worship does? And this is why we're going to close with worship. Worship causes Jesus to ascend to the throne of his life. Worship causes Jesus to ascend to his rightful place in his church and in our lives. So what we're going to do right now, the final six minutes, is we're going to refocus on Jesus. We're going to lift him up in our prayers. And as we do that, we are believing that we are positioning ourselves for an upgrade today.